0: Hi, and welcome to NASIO Voices, where we talk all things state IT. I'm Amy Glasscock in Lexington, Kentucky.
1: And I'm Matt Pincus here in Washington, D.C. Today, we are excited to be diving into one of NASIO's top 10 priorities customer relationship management. In just a minute, we will be joined by William Chumley who serves as the Chief Customer Officer for the Colorado Governor's Office of Information Technology.
0: William has served in this role for over six years and brings with him a wealth of expertise. Today, we're going to talk about what a Chief Customer Officer does and why it's important. William, thanks so much for joining us on Nacio Voices.
1: Thanks, Amy, glad to be here. All right, uh, William, let's start off with you telling us briefly about your professional background and how that led you to becoming Chief Customer Officer for the state of Colorado.
2: Sure. It's an interesting journey. I was thinking a little bit about the, I started off in assembler language programming in the travel industry and worked at for United Airlines and then Travelocity and then came to the state of Colorado wanting to have a bigger impact on citizens. And coming into IT, I started in a little more traditional IT track, set up the first enterprise applications team. But when we first created the chief customer officer role, they hired a person who'd been doing that job for another company at the time. And he looked across the organization to see who could actually get things done and who had the the pulse of what was going on. And I moved to his team. And then he, as he left, I was then appointed the chief customer officer. And I think my focus over time has really been around truly listening to the customers and understanding that IT's function was to enable business outcomes. And I think that carried through and it made it a great fit for me with the state of Colorado.
1: So let's dive in and talk about the position and the specifics of your job. Can you talk to us about uh, how it's structured and what your responsibilities are?
2: I position reports to the CIO and overall, I think of it as bringing the voice of the customer into every conversation into the room. My team has what we call IT directors. They're really business relationship people at every one of our state agencies in the executive branch in Colorado, there's 17 agencies we support. So there's a one-to-one relationship from the agencies into the IT director pool with some IT directors having more than one relationship to manage. I also have a group of business analysts and solution engineers that we call the customer engagement team, and they help with requirements in developing our roadmaps and aligning customer requests to IT strategic items as we try to build enterprise efficiency across Colorado. I also have the project managers or the PMO, and then I have the service desk, which for us is the customer care call center, and initially we had considered all customer touch points could be in my team. We've left desk site support uh, in the infrastructure operations, but I think I've gotten the majority of the touch points with customers on how they get their daily work done, and then my team's really responsible for aligning those business needs and driving us towards common IT choices over time since there's a lot of unique applications in the state.
0: So just to put this in context for our listeners, customer relationship management has been growing as a priority for state CIOs over the last two years or so. CRM was on the NASIO state CIO top 10 priorities list for the first time in 2019, coming in at number seven on the list and then rose to number five for 2020. But not all states have a chief customer officer. So what led Colorado to create this position?
2: I think The real key is the IT function is seen as a partner, and then also as a service provider. And we took a view to shift and actually use the word customer. That meant the agencies that we directly supported to ensure that there was actual value received and transparency to the costs and and a better conversation about value for money as we also reimagine everything in government. This year certainly has caused more changes for us with, with the pandemic that it's really been clear that we have to listen and build, transform the world together. I think historically we've looked at a net promoter score or customer effort score. We've really tried to look at can we make things easier for the business agencies to achieve their results. One thing that's been a real shift is the governor's office itself has evolved into every effort is an IT effort. Whereas when OIT was created, the legislative statute actually says only for IT projects, only for these things. And we've had to evolve in the world in the last 10 years as IT is in everything. And so I think that's been the real shift for us to say who is the customer. And then now we're really working on a broader digital transformation strategy, which includes the citizens. And we have a mobile app, uh, My Colorado, which we're really trying to look at how can we deliver government services differently, which means all of these state agencies have to revisit their models. Which actually the pandemic has assisted in that in some level with everyone mostly working remotely. I think there's 62% of the state employees working remotely. So what does that mean for virtual access anywhere, anytime for IT?
0: Yeah, definitely. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about how the pandemic has affected the work that you do, but definitely there's this heightened awareness of the importance of digital government, I believe. So obviously creating positive relationships between the IT staff and agencies is not something that one person can do. You can't just wave a magic wand in your role. So how do you conduct trainings for employees to build that culture of partnership within your organization?
2: That's a really good question. I think my focus has been on a consistent message of how we treat each other in IT is how we will treat the customers. So we've spent a lot of effort on defining our internal processes, our internal handoffs, our internal agreements to better align, to set expectations with the customers on the the outside, if you say, that, say it that way. So I think this year has been about having folks say yes comma, and to customers, and then after the and is to say, let me get you with the right people, let me look and clarify the priorities, let me look at options for you. We're trying hard to get out of the tap on the shoulder model where our team has felt customer service is responding immediately. And what maybe we really should be doing is a consistent customer experience of our processes, which means to redirect them into a different channel So that's been a hard cultural shift for us and uh, we're working this year on actually some communication training, but also matrix management and how you work across teams to achieve common goals. While the specific IT directors have a focus on that relationship and some different tools that they have in place. I think your question about a broader cultural shift is, is really critical to gain efficiency in IT and it will be experienced as an easier, use of IT from the customers.
1: Can you talk a little bit about the governance structure of your program um, and more specifically how you get feedback from agencies to ensure that you are focusing on the right things? And do you have a customer advisory board or something similar? Sure. We have specific quarterly meetings
2: with every agency that drive into strategic initiatives, hot spots and problems, identifying a list of items that we would follow up on. The IT directors have regular meetings more often than that. And we have also developed specific performance improvement plans at every agency to ensure that we're making strategic alignment decisions that or get at root causes. And uh, two years ago, we set up a customer user group, which speaks to best practices and sharing across agencies, because what we found is IT is one of the places that can see everything. And Mm -hmm. so then how can we bring information to the customers, but then it can't be IT telling them what to do, if that makes sense. So we've found that it's really advantageous to use the customers themselves to share information with, with each other, but also, We use that forum to give us direct feedback. We bring initiatives and like, for example, we're rolling out a real-time billing initiative now. And so we've set up a real-time billing committee and they help us set the rates and we go and get feedback on our processes. We found that to be really helpful for the relationship but also to really get at core problems and to see how best practices can be implemented. There's also an IT, a cabinet level IT steering committee that. We want to evolve uh, to really look at statewide choices because, again, the how do you move the whole state towards something? And, and when each agency has its own money and its own specific needs, how do we get cross-program alignment? The governor's office has called it reimagining government this year mm-hmm. and really looking for how we can reduce square footage or how we can, have more online services or you know, think differently. So I think that's been a lot of the governance structures we put in place.
1: So uh, William, in the last couple of years, your team made the decision to stop using the term customers and instead focus on the term strategic partners to describe the agencies that you serve. That obviously sounds a, a lot more collaborative, but can you dive more into the thinking behind that decision?
2: Our experience of the interaction was very much an order taker and having to serve, if I can say it that way. We did an effort to really look at what we did and what value we provided to the customers. And what we ascertained was we our key areas were partnering, aligning, leading, and transforming. And I wanted the conversation to change from firefighting daily operations into creating something in the future. And so we chose strategic partners to emphasize the IT roadmaps and strategic alignment and how we're creating the future while we still have to deal with the firefighting. But I wanted to move our team out of that place of being seen in that way of too much current uh, and not enough future. One thing one of my peers says is the more we look backwards, the more angry we get. And so we have to look forward. And if we're looking forward, we can be creative and hopeful. And I wanted to change that conversation. So we started to speak differently, even though customers is still in our vernacular and a lot of our metrics, but to emphasize those elements of value added service that wasn't just maybe also wasn't invisible. So, it uh, seems
1: like it's a internal mindset change, too, not just externally facing.
2: Completely right, and I think we have a lot of our team that is task-driven by tickets, and we're trying to move everyone out of that world into holistic services and seeing the outcomes. Can we change names of things we do? Can we change project names to be something with the outcome in it? So that we're more talking about why we're doing rather than we're just busy, busy, busy all the time. And then you look back and go, what did you do? And I I did a lot of stuff. And and so I wanted my team and and all of IT to really consider value stories and, and outcomes.
0: That's great. So let's talk a little bit about the pandemic. Uh, We've talked with a lot of CIOs about how they are supporting agencies that are facing new challenges, like, um, you know, maybe the crush of inquiries due to citizens having questions about COVID-19 or needing to apply for unemployment insurance. And there's also been a renewed focus on digital government, like I mentioned before. So I'm really curious to hear about how the pandemic has affected your work and what challenges or perhaps opportunities has it created?
2: In addition to all of the items you mentioned, we had the challenge, which turned out to be an opportunity, which was just taking the state workforce remote within two weeks. And I think what it helped us do is, I think IT is always really good at response, responding in emergencies, and, and like we've talked about firefighting a little bit. But I think what it forced was communication better alignment across OIT, across the customers and IT, and it drove common understanding. We all had a common mission. So I think we wanted to keep things like that as we came out of the pandemic or out of the immediate start of it. Uh, We did talk a little bit of don't don't ever let a good crisis go to waste. And so it let us look at processes we wanted to change, things we could implement right away where we could shut down certain activities on the network and streamline functions during that time. We also had started setting up just informal chats and chat rooms and other things leveraging technology that let us be better able to understand the world. I think the challenges we've seen are delays in key initiatives and making priority calls. And I've seen everyone, including myself, where we work more, so we're actually getting more done remotely, yeah. but we're working too much. Yeah. So now we have a challenge of, how do you handle burnout? People haven't taken time off, and clarifying what is really an emergency when you're in emergency mode. And, and I think those have been interesting for us to consider. I feel like we've settled down a little bit now. and But I think creating an open culture to, for people to say, is this really the priority? Is it is it reasonable for you to expect that to be done? Um, is the question we had to stand up many things around contact tracing and new labs and the unemployment insurance. So those are still really high priority and have a lot of focus. It's been interesting to find out how we can get get access to funds and, and immediately hire and, and make impacts really quickly. What I've asked my team is really sit down and document lessons we want to keep and retain, and then maybe things we never want to start again now that we're coming out of into a, is it really new normal? I don't know yet.
0: Yeah, whatever this is, trying to <laughs> move around in the world during a pandemic. Yeah. Right. So um, do you have any advice for states that want to hire a chief customer officer? Like, as I mentioned, most don't have this role. They may have people that definitely are working on customer relationships, but do you have any advice for those that want to hire someone like in your position or just put more of an emphasis on customer relationships?
2: The key to me is to understand that the connection between business awareness and being able to speak the business language and translate it to IT and understand the IT functions is a different skill set than would come up normally from an IT career track. So I think realizing what you need and want in the position and the ability to work both ways. I often tell my team, the IT directors, you you walk a razor blade edge and if you slip you're going to get cut or get cut in half. You have to lean those two directions. And so I think having an acknowledgement of what is the skill set you're looking for around business understanding, business strategy, communication and then being able to also relate it into TechSpeak and the partnering across the IT executives would be really critical.
0: Yeah, it kind of takes a unique background to fill that role, I believe.
1: William, one other question that I had for you about this was, you know, you mentioned that prior to coming to state government, you spent some time in the private sector. How would you like to see uh, state governments, especially when it comes to CRM, be more like the private sector? In that space, we need to actually
2: change the metrics and the measures and the private sectors thinks and only survives because it makes money. And so I think we've seen innovations really fast in the private sector and then the government should take advantage of it. I think we can be innovative in our process and if we learn how to get money quickly and if we can understand what the business objectives really are the shift is to take private sector mentality around how we measure, how we do surveys, how we get feedback. I think a lot of room to grow still exists in that leveraging customer feedback and understanding their world and applying it quickly to change our behavior, even though some of the legacy systems and the big processes, government's meant to be slow at some level, at least slow to change, I should say. So, But I think switching into how fast we can respond and being responsive is something we could bring from the private sector into the government.
1: Yeah, really interesting. And and thanks for those points. So before we wrap up, uh, William, as we always do here on Nasio Voices, we want to give you a chance to tell us a little bit about yourself and your life outside of work in a segment we call (laughs) The Lightning Round. I'm gonna ask you a couple uh, rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I'm ready All right so Colorado is a wonderful and beautiful state. Uh, what is your favorite thing about living there? 300 days of sunshine <laughs> I think the
2: yeah the great outdoors here and the to see the mountains every day uh, but it really is even when it's cold the sun's out so it's nice.
1: More sunny days than I think San Diego, too, which uh, some people may not know. All right. Question number two. What do you love to do when you aren't working? My
2: favorite thing is I work outside of the day job helping with marching bands, dance teams, other activities in that area. And I'm a judge and was up and interested traveling around the world. Of course, all of that has stopped right now. So it's sad that that's gone away. And that was my number one thing right now. What I'm doing is watching a lot of Turner classic movies and doing some <laughs> and spending too much time doing that. But it's kind of fun to
1: just have a mental break. Exactly. We, I think Amy and I can both relate to that, to the yeah. latter part. And yeah. the, the final question in the lightning round is something we've asked a, a few of our other guests over the last couple of months, and that is, Have you learned anything new or revealing about yourself throughout the pandemic?
2: At the beginning of the pandemic, I found a bag of potatoes in the basement and they'd all sprouted. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to plant them. So I wound up with 15 potato plants. And we've had some of the potatoes already, and, and I still have about 10 of them growing. So it made me realize that it would be fun to. I should just get into gardening, and they've gone. They've grown really well. I have a green thumb, so any plants that work and everything, they they grow well. And then I've been to a restaurant twice since March. So mostly it's been cooking and, and doing everything at home, which has been really fun. So it makes me know I want to garden next year.
1: Yeah. Okay. You spend more time around the house. I mean, you know, we have we've talked to people who've done you know crazy home improvement projects. Amy and I just chase our kids around. Um, <laughs>
2: Yeah, I have three cats and they, they like to have attention. Yes. Yeah, so they love it that I'm
1: yeah. home. So. Yeah. All right. Well, William, thank you so much for joining us today. We probably should have mentioned at the top that you are our first chief customer officer on the podcast and uh, hopefully not the last. And uh, we look forward to uh, keeping in touch with you.
2: Great. It was fun. Um, thanks for having me. Thanks,
1: thanks so, much. so much. Thanks again for listening to Nasio Voices.
0: If you'd like to learn more about how states are elevating customer relationship management, we published a paper about that a year ago, though at this point, it feels like many years ago. We'll put a link in the show notes or you can find it online in the NASIO Resource Center.
1: Thanks again for listening. And remember, you may not have a commute anymore, but you can listen to NASIO voices while taking a walk, washing the ditches, making a snack, or getting some fresh air and still feel productive. You are welcome.
0: Talk to you next time.
1: Bye-bye.